This episode of The Work Ethic is brought to you by WellVolt Bikes. WellVolt Bikes is a social enterprise working to make affordable, reliable transportation available to everybody. They're doing this by gathering bikes that might otherwise go wasted or taking bikes in as donations, old bikes that might be laying around your garage, which by the way, you can donate to this enterprise by dropping them off at any time that they're open. But they gather these bikes, they rebuild them, uh, making them available for sale, refurbished bikes for sale at really affordable prices, great bikes, super accessible. And they do this so they can take the sales revenue and invest it into an earn-a-bike program so that those with little to no money can also get a bike through a small investment of community service hours, a bit of sweat equity work that they put in to earn their bike. And at the end of this program, they get a bike, lights, lock, helmet, water bottle, really Uh, and a safety training. So everything that they need to be commuters, to get around town, to have access to the rest of the city, its opportunities, its economy, uh, a a really great program. They also offer a full service repair shop on sliding scale so that it's available and accessible to everybody. They invite everybody, whether you earned a bike or bought a bike, or you're just a neighbor that already has a bike and likes to go riding to ride with them every Tuesday night. There's a group ride at 630 that you're all invited to. If you're in Tampa, Florida, their shop is located in University Mall right next to you. USF in the uptown university area. Go check them out. It's at well-built bikes on any social platform or bikeshoptampa.com If you want to find their website. People would say, okay, so you have three children under the age of uh, seven and you're a CEO and you, you, you know, you have all these boards and all these, how, like, there's no way that you could have that balance. And it's like, I do, I, I absolutely do because I'm intentional about it. Well, welcome once again to another work ethic podcast. I'm sitting here today with Sarah Combs. She's the CEO at the university area. CDC uh, was recently on an honoree from the Tampa Bay business journal with the 40 under 40. And uh, why don't you just, um, yeah, just jump in and kind of like introduce yourself to people a little beyond the, the the tagline, you know, from from a bio or whatever. Sure. Well, thanks, John, for having me on your show. I appreciate the opportunity to converse with you, even though I'd like to do that anyway. Um, my name is Sarah Combs, and I am the CEO at the University Area CDC. And I've actually been in this position or worked with this organization for almost 10 years, which just doesn't seem possible. <clears throat> but, you know, I've always had a calling for doing... Uh, work that, that helps people in some form or fashion. I've, I've always worked in the nonprofit setting. It's just been one of those callings that I've had and just been so blessed to be able to really see value in what I can do for vulnerable populations. So I've worked a lot with seniors, uh, worked a lot with people with intellectual disabilities. And now I get to work with uh, just a, a amazing residents that are living in the Uptown University area. Uh, and I say that, you know, my kind of skill set is really looking at Um, how a program or operations functions and trying to improve those efficiencies, whether it be through diversification of funding, through program operations, through partnerships and collaborations, um, and sustainability. So I think that's kind of my my knack that I've developed and um, been able to, you know, bring to each and every position that I've had and just been so blessed to be able to, you know, do this work and and helping other people. And, And I think through that, I've truly been able to help myself. So happy to be on your show this morning. And thank you. And that's, you actually, that's one of the most solid 
introductions of self. You're like, I'm, I was called to this. I've worked in this. And these are, these are things I'm, I'm that I bring to the table and have developed myself in. And even just within the intro, I've, I've jotted down some things I want to ask you about, but you use the word calling a couple of times. I'm interested in the word choice and what you mean by that. And I, and I, and I imagine, so I want to ask you a question before, like specifically about calling that may or may not be related. Um, I want to ask you about your earliest, your early years, your earliest memories of when work as a word took on meaning, let's say uh, in childhood, what be it, from your parents or your own experience or whatever, just try to reflect back and remember, like, what are some of your earliest memories of what you came to know as work? Yeah, well, I think for me, I, I grew up in a, in a really small country town, population 700 in Colorado, uh, known as Dove Creek, Colorado, Pinto being capital of the world. Mike. Nice. <laughs> our claim to fame. So, you know, I grew up really poor, but I didn't know that I was poor. Um, and I think that really, really means something to me because, you know, I think that, um, you know, poverty doesn't have to define you. You know, my parents were such amazing parents and little, you know, it, it wasn't until I was a little bit older and saw kind of this whole thing of material wealth and understood that we didn't have that. Um, but, you know, I grew up in a, in a small farming community. My dad was a farmer and we were at a very, very early age instilled, uh, you know, a really strong work ethic because it wasn't work, it was survival that's what you do to survive. Um, and I mean it from every point, point possible. I mean it from, if you don't grow your food, you don't eat. If you don't hunt your food, you don't eat. Um, and so just learning that from a, as a child that you have to be able to provide for yourself and doing this isn't a, a job, isn't a work, it's a way to survive, it's your life. And so, mm. you know, I can remember from being, gosh, I mean, I don't even know, six, six, seven years old. And and being out in the fields, you know, we call it hoeing. You have to hope you have to walk down rows of, of um, beans and you have to hoe, hoe the, the weeds and, you know, doing all of that really hard work. And I think that that has just been something that has been carried with me. And one of the biggest and, and best foundational supports that I think my parents could have ever given me because I didn't know that anyone else had a different work ethic. And it wasn't mm -hmm. later uh, that I learned that people have different work ethics. <laughs> Um, but I just thought that that, you know, everyone kind of worked like that and, and that work was not just uh, something that you can choose to do. It's, it's part of who you are. It's part of survival. And so I learned that from a very, very early age and um, think that it's, it's one of the best gifts that I could have ever given the way that I was raised and, you know, the values and morals that have been instilled upon me from my parents, from my grandparents um, have just been such a blessing and truly have made me who I am today and couldn't be more thankful for that. Oh, it's so rich. Um, talk to me. Uh, you referenced like, I didn't know people had different work ethic and just kind of as you came to experience that or know that kind of throughout your life, like, what do you mean? Yeah, no, I, I just thought that, you know, you gave it your all, whatever job was given to you was the job that you were going to accomplish. No ifs, ands, or buts about it, that you, you know, you were going to give a hundred percent and, um, there wasn't an option to give less than that. Um, you know, that, that was just something, like I said, that was just instilled in me. So it was something that I, and, and you know, I had, I had two, two sisters and a brother, so family, you know, kids, four kids, and that's just how we were. It wasn't like um, I knew any other way. So when I got into the, the real world, so to speak, I learned that not everyone had this work ethic, you know, and then I began to really value what I had, um, what I was, you know, my, my story and, and what I was taught at an early age, because 
um, if you weren't given that opportunity and if you weren't if you didn't get those values instilled in you, you 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 didn't have that so it was for me I learned that it was really a gift mm. um, even though growing up in it uh, I didn't see it that way that's for sure you know other kids didn't have to do you know work in the fields or drive tractor and you know I had to so that wasn't fair you know but now looking back on it I mean I, I just wouldn't change a thing just because just can't get that kind of work ethic um, in, in any other setting. And, you know, it's a blessing opposed to a curse, but you don't know what you don't know in life, you know, and you get to learn those lessons. And even now I'm learning lessons that I think, oh my goodness, I never saw it that way. And, and here, you know, it's, it's veiled to me in a different light and I get to see it this way. And it's just, it's so cool to kind of discover those kind of things and learn about yourself and, and where you are today. Yeah. And so, that's great. Like you kind of circle back. You don't know what you don't know. And you came to discover that was a gift to you that maybe some other people didn't have, wasn't instilled in them at such a young age. But at the beginning of that, you said, I didn't know that I was poor. Um, he said, well, poverty doesn't, but poverty doesn't define you. I didn't know that I was poor. And then you referenced material wealth, which implies that you're talking about you were materially poor, right? We had to hunt for food. We had to grow our food, whatever. And yet, in some sense, you look back and you go, but I also realize, like, I hear you saying, I also realized I, I was gifted. I was wealthy. I was, right? Like, I, I, um, I'm curious, I just, in the use of the word poverty, and I know you've seen lots of expressions of, of kind of poverty throughout your work and your life and the disadvantages and people that you've worked with, but I'm, uh, I'm curious, um, if, if you, I don't know how to ask this question. I'm curious about the statement. I didn't know I was poor. So yeah. like, can, can, is that, can that be a reality? Right? Mm -hmm. Like, can we, can we, like how are how can we be what is poor? poor right exactly like how can you, you be as poor and, and and it's the world's definition of poor to be quite honest mm. uh, because you know it, it it really is material material wealth right like that that if you have it you're 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 rich and if you don't have it you're poor right so mm. that's the world's definition of it and so what i learned was as I got older, we didn't have those things. We didn't have the money to buy those things. And so I learned that I was poor and that kind of gave me some sort of shame and guilt mm -hmm. about that because, you know, I, I had hand-me-down clothes. We went shopping yeah. at Goodwill, yeah. you know, I didn't get new things. And my mom drove an old station wagon that was just, oh, I, you know, so embarrassed to be in that station wagon sometimes. <laughs> I had, and, we had uh, an old station you wagon. You know, so, I mean, those kind of things, but now looking back, I, you know, I realize and I see it in a whole different element. I realized how rich we were, you know, yeah. and, and the value that you place on material things is so different to me now, is absolutely so different to me. And I see it so differently. And I just wish that, you know, we could carry that out more through, especially what's happening right now. I think that people mm. are, you know, COVID-19 people are really having uh, an opportunity to come together as families because you're socially isolating. You have no choice but to come, come with each other. And I think for some families, it's, 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 it's proven to be a challenge because you, they're not used to doing that. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I'm praying is that this will be an awakening for, you know, for, for our culture and to realize where do we place our values and, and what is important to us, you know, and I'm hoping that this is bringing everyone together um, in a way that we can really look at those and say, you know, what is important? Family, you know, family is so incredibly important. Faith, faith is so incredibly important. 
you know, doing good works for neighbors, you know, really being able to spread that hope and that cheer and that joy to other people in any way possible. You know, these are the things that make me rich. And mm. it's not about material wealth. Yeah, and I understand it's important, right? You, you gotta have a roof over your head. You gotta have food to eat. Um, but, but, but where you place those values, I, th I think are incredibly different for me now, um, opposed to, you know, in my younger years and not really understanding what that meant. So um, when I say poverty doesn't have to define you, I mean that in every sense of the word because yep. poverty in today's society, if you're, if you're poor, you are a downcast, you are looked down upon. You know, and I think that, you know, mm -hmm. even if you get into a biblical sense of it, they say, you know, the last will be first and the first will be last. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, you know, it's an oftentimes like this that you just, you really need to look within and, and figure out what's important to you. What are your values? You know, what, what are your beliefs and what's important to you? And then the other things don't matter. It doesn't matter how much you have in your bank account. What is that going to do? How is that helping you now? Mm -hmm. um, you know, in, in terms of that security and safety. And so. Um, it's just really been kind of an eye-opening for me, specifically for me during this time, because, you know, I'm just so thankful that um, where I place my values. Man, it's so good. And that's, I'm, I'm really glad I circled back to ask you about that, because I think the, the, the youth that you, the picture you painted reminded me of an experience that I had, and just briefly experience I had when I, uh, I think, when I went to the Philippines was the first time that I really encountered this experience, but I was among extremely materially poor people, mm -hmm. but I was overwhelmingly jealous of mm. what I saw there, which was community, family, ingenuity, resourcefulness, not wasting things. Like there was something that I felt that I was poor in the face of. Right. Mm -hmm. And yet I, I could buy the new phone or get, you know, it's like, comparatively materially they're the poor people right and yet i left feeling very very poor and so i i um yeah i'm really glad to kind of circle back to that i i i want to start digging into kind of the this current experience and this kind of what's happening and what we're reflecting on but but before we get to that i, I want to hear how you've come to so you use the word calling um Talk to me about that. Like, how have you come to understand, like, what is your calling? Like what? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think that, um, and of course, it's so much easier to stand where I am today and, and look back and, and, and mm -hmm. explain it. But when you're going through it, you don't really understand it. I mean, I, I've had a lot of choices and little and, and paths in my life um, that weren't necessarily always a, a good path to take. But for some reason, I was always told to take the right path, so to speak. And uh, I think it led me, you know, down a, a path that I was destined for. And, you know, that was, you know, the calling to help other people. And, you know, it, it's just, it's so exciting to kind of look at your life in reverse and, and kind of see those pivotal moments where it could have went left so easy, you know, but, but, you know, there was a higher, higher calling that kept me on the right path, literally kept me on the right path because, you know, God had bigger plans for me. And I think that that is just, you know, so, so reassuring to know that, you know, have where you place your faith and your values is um, at the foundation of who you are mm -hmm. and is at the foundation of, of your destiny and where you're supposed to be and who you're supposed to be. Mm. And I think that, you know, I've just been called to this life of, um, you know, serving other people. And, and it's so cool to see all the different populations that I've been able to work with, you know, mm. working with the elderly. I mean, I just, it's just been, you know, so cool to really understand and hear the stories of, of individuals and working with people with intellectual and dis developmental disabilities. I mean, 
those individuals are among the most amazing, remarkable, resilient individuals that I've ever met and full of joy, joy and hope. I mean, more than any population I think I've ever met. I mean, just amazing smiles, positive attitudes. Um, and now I get to work with a community, a community where I get to work with everyone in this community. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, um, you know, I just keep getting um, tests. <laughs> Sometimes I don't always pass them. And then I get to learn those lessons again the hard way, which, you know, I hate to do, but uh, that just happens to all of us. Um, but now that I get to work with the community, I get to work with everyone in it. And it's kind of seeing all how all the pieces are now coming together. And I just think how lucky I am to be able to be in the position that I am, to work with the people I am, to kind of see how I can create positive change, create a voice for people who don't have a voice, and really understand what they're going through and try to figure out how I can influence um, other people to understand the conditions that are happening here, specifically in our community, specifically, you know, right outside of USF, you know, we have, we have conditions that are just third world conditions, literally, mm -hmm. and, you know, people don't know about them. And why don't they know about them? Because no one's had a voice, you know, to share that, yep. um, to help elevate that and get people to understand what's really happening. And, and once that's starting, and then that is, and once it starts to happen, because it is starting to happen, now we're starting to see some change happen. And that's the most exciting part. When you actually know that you can help influence change in a positive direction, that's for me when I feel like, okay, I, I, I'm in the right spot. I'm in the sweet spot. This, this is where I'm supposed to be right now. And I feel like it's all coming together because things that have happened specifically to this community over the past oh, 10 years, um, there's, there, if you put the odds on some of this stuff, there's just no way. There's no way that we've had the blessings and the opportunities, um, you know, funding literally just falling out of the sky and, and giving it to us so we can build things and build a park. And, you know, we have the most amazing and miraculous stories that um, are just hard to believe. And if you're st a statistics per person, the odds were, I mean, totally against us. And so for me that, you know, the only thing that I can relate that to is, you know, this, this a blessing is over this community. And I think that the good Lord is really seeing uh, we have an opportunity to change people for the better, and and he has his hand over it, and it's an anointing. Um, and so I'm just so excited to be a part of that, which is just, you know, really a blessing for me. So I'm putting myself in the shoes of someone who's listening um, and realizing that you and I have the benefit of knowledge of the UACDC, and I'm going, hey, do let's let's do that real quick and just kind of paint the picture for someone listening that maybe doesn't understand the scope of the work and what you guys are doing, just kind of give the the broad brushstroke kind of picture of that? Yeah, no, absolutely. So the University Area Community Development Corporation is a private nonprofit organization that was dedicated and created um, about 22 years ago as a means to really improve the university area. And when I talk about university area, that's the area that sits right outside of USF. Uh, and so our, our real focus area is Bears to the north, Brisby Downs to the east, um, Fowler to the south, and 275 to the west. And so we're really focused on that area and formerly known as Suitcase City. And I hate to say that, but when I say that, then people identify with where that location oh, is. Oh, I know where that is, yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, I know where that is. I mean, I get that all the time. Um, and so we're, 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 the University Area CDC is working to improve the community. Um, and we're doing that through a number of different things. So um, it's like, how do you create change in a community that's been forgotten for so long and left behind for so long? You really have to focus. It's, it's like a wheel, right? You have to focus on all of those folks. So. In order to change a community and move it forward, you have to focus on education and employment. You have to focus on youth development and advancement. Uh, you have to focus on the infrastructure of the community as well as housing, uh, crime and safety. Um, so you know you have to focus on all of those things in order to really change and move a community forward. And our community is a low-income community, uh, a community of color. 
And so, you know, we have um, literally some health, uh, some health outcomes that are equal to El Salvador. I mean, we've had some real challenges in our community um, that we think are completely um, unexcusable. Um, there's no reason that they, they are the conditions that exist. And so we're working to improve that. So some of the things that we've done, we have a Prodigy Cultural Arts program for youth. We have a Steps for Success program to help people become self-sufficient. We have a Workforce Invest program to get people uh, educated, uh, certifi trained, certified, and employed. We also uh, built a seven-acre park in the part of the community and are building housing around it. Um, so we're really taking it as a holistic approach to community development, focusing on, focusing on the people, the place, and then you know pulling in the partners to do so, and that's a big piece of it. So I hope that gives anyone listening a good uh, understanding of who UACDC is, what we're trying to accomplish and do. And the most important part of our messaging is that you know we're doing it in conjunction with the residents. We, we can't do this work um, from an organizational standpoint. You have to really instill and build that trust with residents and then push from behind and allow residents to really inform those decisions and be a part of that implementation process. So we're actively doing that through community engagement and community conversations as well. So how has, talk? let's talk about the kind of what's, what's happened? How have you guys adapted? What have you dealt with? Um, what has the community been facing kind of since we've been in the last, what well, I don't even know how long it's been now, month and whatever yeah. days, like since we really kind of went into a serious kind of lockdown here around COVID. Sure. Well, the first thing that we did was, you know, um, right away, it's, it, I think that people felt like it was real. Um, and I think because people were getting laid off, I mean, almost immediately within the first week, you, you would hear about companies laying off, firing, you know? So, I mean, I think the employment piece of it started really, really quick. And I think that's mm -hmm. what drove that fear. I mean, just the, the, the sheer fear that people were feeling and that anxiety and, you know, just feeling that feeling of overwhelmingness um, because people were losing their jobs. And so the first thing that we did right after we kind of had our hands around this and knew what was really happening and got a good understanding that this, this was really a epidemic that was happening in our community and uh, it, we needed to brace ourselves for a longer term period. We, we rallied our staff and, and let them know that, you know, their jobs were safe. I made a commitment to that regardless of anything that was to come. You are with us. This is our family and your job. You, you have your job. So let's just take that off the, off the table to worry about. Awesome. Okay. So the first thing we're going to talk about, your employment is secure. You're a part of our family. We're going to do whatever we need to do. You don't have to worry about your job. Now let's focus on how we serve our community. Mm -hmm. And so the second piece of it was how do we adjust these programs where it's face-to-face -face programs? How do we adjust this communication that we're so used to and, and we thrive on because that's face-to-face, -face, right? So um, we immediately started to alter our, method, our service delivery method and create online platforms to be able to reach the participants that we serve. Fortunately, um, a lot of our case management um, didn't really have to alter or change that much because it can all be done over the phone. Um, you know, some of it, it was definitely face-to-face, -face, but we were still able to do that. So we were really fortunate in that sense, but some of our other programming, um, we just started to do online. So our Prodigy Cultural Arts programming, all of the instructors did YouTube channels that we figured out, we rallied and found out who the participants were in our classes, got them kits, so they could do it at home. Same thing with Get Moving Health and Wellness. So we have cooking online and um, yoga and all kinds of other activities. The latest one that we launched, which actually launched last night, and this came from a direct response from the community, was um, a cognitive behavioral therapy class, which we called Coping with Quarantine. Um, because we know the, when this is all said and done, the mental health and wellness 
of our community is going to be one of the biggest challenges that we have to overcome. And not just in this community. I mean, it's going to be across the world. People don't know how to deal with these kind of things. Um, and so we launched that last night and um, it was overwhelmingly successful. Um, so it was just therapy class, you know, talk about, um, and I hate to say therapy. Um, it was just a conversation Yep. about, you know, what, what do you do when you're feeling overwhelmed? You know, how, how do you get, let, we wanted to give people tools in their toolkit to be able to feel like they were in control. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling, feeling shame, if you're feeling doubt, like how do you have some things in your toolkit to be able to help you? You know, taking a walk is super important. Meditating, doing yoga, exercising, you know, making sure you're drinking plenty of water and eating good, healthy foods, you know, just giving them some tips on what you do. You know, for me, I'm like, I'm a bath girl. I take a bath, <laughs> I relax. I do some meditation, you know, that's how I release kind of that negative energy. But, um, you know, we really think it's really important to kind of get that out to the community. So the greatest thing that I want to share real quick was yep. um, a lot of doom and gloom, right? Everyone's just kind of like, oh, this is you know, terrible. It's the end of the world, whatever. Um, and so I've been really, really pushing, you know, a positive attitude about this um, because I think that it's important to find the silver lining in all things. And I truly believe that although this is bad, don't get me wrong, um, there is good that will come of this. I am sure of it. And we're already starting to see it. So one of the things that we, we were seeing, which is really cool, is um, aside from just the most amazing human acts of kindness that we're seeing on a regular basis, that just, you know, that's just what really brightens my day. Mm -hmm. Someone really going out of their way to help someone and doing it in a way they're not promoting it. You know, they, they don't want, they're not doing it to be caught and I'm catching them and I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, this is it. This is, this is what this is supposed to do. But what we found is as we alter our service delivery model to be able to bring technology you know, into the homes and have them be able to do, the, do those classes, um, we're reaching more participants. So in a community, specifically a low-income community, the digital divide has always been great. Uh, families haven't had access to internet. They don't have technology in their homes, a lot of them. What this has done, because the kids are being taught in their homes, they're being issued laptops, they're, being, they're, they're getting internet, so now we have an opportunity to serve youth and families that we've never been able to serve before because they've had barriers, transportation barriers, childcare barriers, that they couldn't, you know, their mom, dad couldn't bring them because other little sisters or brothers were in the home or whatnot. So now we're able to reach a whole new subset of population because they have the technology and we can go to them uh, instead of them coming to us. So for me, I'm like, you know, while we're forced to kind of steer left, we're going to keep steering left and we're going to add this into our, our current programming model because um, we found a way to reach these kids that have never been reached. And so that for me was just like, oh, you know, and I, I'm so excited to keep waiting to see other things like that that are going to come of this because there, there will be good stuff to come. It really is exciting. I mean, because you're right, the, that's so scalable right? That's so replicable. Like the, and, and I mean, even some of the programming, like you said, going to YouTube, it creates, it's just far more accessible all around it. it whether it's the time budget, the transportation issue, there's just mm -hmm. so many opportunities that are emerging because of the, well, forcing of our hand to adopt some of these things. And then, and then you're right because of the school system going, Hey, we're going to have to push and resource some of these communities that we got to set up some internet hubs and things like that. And, um, the, and, and I'm right with you in terms of the, it's been so cool to watch neighborliness just happening. Like the opportunities for that just seem so 
it's just so rich. Um, and I, and I don't know, I mean, I think maybe it's temperamental. There's been a part of me that just loves this, right? Like, and I, I, like, I get that there's a lot of like, but the, the, it's almost like I've been, I've seen it as overwhelmingly positive, even knowing, you know, yeah, there's costs and there's pain and like, it's, it's really bad, like economically and all these different things. And yet, I don't know, maybe because of something like you were referencing in the beginning about your childhood and like the, you know, families and like, there's, there's just so much, it's just rich with opportunity, I guess, like real impact and change can be, I mean, like we will all be changed by this. Right. And I guess some, there's a lot of fear and trepidation about things to come. Um, Are there just on that, any, anything else you're seeing just in your own reflections, like as you're just observing uh your own behavior maybe your own like how what have you seen in yourself in this or in your family and yeah just what else have you been observing well and i and i think that you know i'm not alone in 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 feeling like we're we've been forced to slow down right Mm -hmm. no 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 doubt about it we've been forced to be put on pause Mm -hmm. and so i think that you know this is a great opportunity for people to really do reflection upon you know what's important again we go back to those values and what's important you know is it important to you know work till nine o'clock at night and come home and you know not even get to see your kids because they're already in bed and you know then wake up and do it all again like what what's important to you like what's truly important to you and so you know i i think that for me um, this has gave given me an opportunity, and I and I have a, a really balanced life. But that's because I'm intentional about it. Mm. When I go home, I am home, and I'm with my kids and my husband, and and that is important to me because that you know there's no price you can put on that. And I've made that very clear to my board and my staff. And 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 if I don't model that behavior, how are they going to model that behavior? You know, and of course there's always a time where you know mommy has to work late and you know go to an interview and whatnot, um, or stay up late to write a grant, but um, you know, those don't happen a lot mm. and I'm selective about those. And, uh, mm. I've learned my lesson not to say yes to everything. Cause I, I had a year of yes. And I learned that that probably wasn't that best of a year after looking <laughs> back on it. I said, I literally said yes to everything. And then I, I did a reflection and, and looked back and thought, yeah, that, um, that was a, a good lesson. Um, but, uh, won't be doing that again because it, 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 you know, I, I gave my time to other people and, you know, I realized who, who was the most important people to get my time. And, you know, that's my family and the people that, you know, are closest to me um, and my community specifically. So I think that it's, you know, this is allowing people the opportunity to pause and reflect on what's important to them. And I hope that we are forever changed by this. You know, uh, that's, I think, one of my fears, to be quite honest, is business will get back to normal and everyone will get back to normal and just, you know, forget about what happened. And, you know, what we went through together. And, you know, I hope that we as a society really do change the way that we see things and that we place our values on, on other things and kind of slow down um, in terms of, you know, the, the rat race and, um, you know, what's so important and, and just try to reflect that, uh, not just in our families, but in our, our politics as well. I mean, how lovely would that be if we could really make some change there? Um, I think everyone's kind of just given up with, with that. I, I certainly, it's hard for me to, uh, yeah. To really, you know, even be invested in it because it's just so uh, broken. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just pray that maybe this is the opportunity for us to fix that and really focus on uh, humans, you know, one on one and not on who can, you know, give the biggest gift and uh, pay the biggest campaign and, you know, things of that nature. But this is a time for us to really figure out what are we as a country going to say and set as our standards and, 
and whatnot. So, you know, that's what I keep and continue to pray for. And you know what? Uh, even if there are some that go back to the rat race, that's fine. But I think um, I think I know um, that there there will be a large you know majority of population that that will be forever changed by this. And you know what? They might it might be changed because they had to hit their knees. And you know mm-hmm. sometimes that's that's not always the worst thing when you're going through it. I think you know when when you get brought to your knees, that's it's a pretty humbling moment, and it, it's hard to hard to kind of you know bounce back up. But when you do. You see, li- you see life in a different way. And so I'm hoping that this is what this is causing people to have an awakening and to really understand, you know, what's important in life and then act on that and then, you know, not forget it, you know, because I think mm. that's important. I want to ask you about like 400 things you just said, but um, so go back to this year of yes. Um, so one, I'm intrigued by the idea of a year of something. So you set themes for your years in general um, you know i you know i i usually have like a, a theme or a word or something that i i get that i'm like okay this is going to be the year of you know i, I love that um, you know th- this year is the year last year was the year of hope this year is the year of love oh. so um and the year before was the year of yes which if you can ask my staff they did not like the year of yes and, <laughs> and, and we talk about this openly you know so my staff knew it was the year of yes um, and, uh, they, they ask me every year, what's the word? Um, we have a staff member, Erica, you know, Erica, she, mm-hmm. she goes around and she gives, um, people, uh, she, she writes words and people pull them. And so you can pull your, your, your word. Um, and that's going to be your, your word for the year. And I mm. usually meditate and pray on mine. And I tell you what, every time I get the word that I already knew I was going to get. So it's pretty. It's oh, pretty you're, weird. you're, you pray, you have a word in mind and you're pulling a word from a hat. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's Interesting. pretty, it's, it's, it's pretty, I don't, I don't need much more confirmation than that. But wow. my year of yes was yes. I'm going to say yes to everything, every opportunity, anything that anyone asked me, of course. I mean, there's there a Jim Carrey movie like this, isn't there? Is there? Oh, yes, man. Oh, that's right. He yeah. says no to everything yeah, yeah. and he just like yeah. repents and says yes to everything. But anyway, right. don't worry that's about right. it. Yes. Tell me about I, your I, year. I, of I have seen that. I have seen that. So yeah, no, I, I said yes to everything. So every speaking engagement, every committee, mm-hmm. every grant opportunity, every meeting, every, I mean, I said yes to everything. Um, and it almost killed me. <laughs> so um, what, what's the lesson from the year of yes then? Yeah, I, I think, so I want, I knew it was going to be a hard year to do that, right? But my thought going into it was that I was going to learn a great deal uh, about myself and um, knowledge as well about all these different things that I was saying yes to and opportunity. You know, I, you know, thought maybe if I, you know, saying yes to everything would open up new areas of opportunity for the organization and the community and growth and whatnot. Um, but, you know, to boil it all down at the end of the day, after the year of yes, I learned that um, you have to pick, you, you, you can't say yes to everything, you know, um, but it was a good lesson for me. I learned so many lessons that year. And I think that I, I truly, you know, to get to the other side, you have to go through it. And so I think there was a reason I, I, I did that. Um, but I, I learned that you have to pick and be selective. And also for me, it's really important that, you know, I don't, I, I don't just choose yes, 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 that I sit back and I think about an option or, or an opportunity that has came to me and really almost you know, pray on it, meditate on it and feel like, is this important for me to take on? Is this something that I should take on? Or is this, is there another direction that I need to go? So not being so fast paced, slowing down um, and learning to, to really 
think about the opportunities more and figure out what's the best. Because it, you know, saying yes to everything doesn't mean that I just say yes to everything. Guess who else gets to say yes to everything? My staff, my husband, my kids, you know, they're all on this train now too. And mm -hmm. so I think that the year of yes, in, it, it sounded good and you know it, it, it did give us some opportunities but I think it was also a little bit selfish mm. um, at looking back on it because I didn't realize all the other people that would have to say yes as well so I, I wouldn't change it just because of the things I learned but I certainly um, wouldn't do yes again <laughs> and, well, and last year was my year of no <laughs> said no to everything I thought well, it was I your tried. year of hope <laughs> my year of hope and my year of no uh but the, my staff gave me the year of no that one was one of i picked they, like they gave a, that as an assignment yeah well it brings up an interesting thing so you said you have a balanced life because you're intentional about that right and somehow that was you know you're making decisions as you talked about your calling you said like i there was something that always kept me on the path but i had all of these moments that i could have i could have gone another way yeah. um these are decisions that we make, right? And, and decision-making, the role of the will, I guess, is something that I'm extremely fascinated with, interested in, whatever. And, you know, along the way, you're like, I hope this helps us see what's important and what matters. Like, what you're aiming at helps guide maybe our decision-making, right? But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the, I, I've been really fascinated um, since I learned this, just the the – I'm, I'm into like geeky kind of etymological things like the meaning of words or whatever. Yeah. And I learned that decision um, is, is like related, like, so, you know, you have the word incision, right? It means yeah. to cut into something and then decision is like to cut off. Right. So, so when you say no to that road, you say like, or you say yes to this road, you say no to that road. And every yes is a million knows, right? You said yes to marrying your husband and you said no to every other option, right? You said yes to taking this job and then you said no to the other opportunities. So, and it's interesting to think about saying, I'm just going to say yes um, without the, you know, it's like we need the filtration of values and the, and I, and I just, I don't know, I guess I thought it was, a, it's, it, it really kind of highlights, um, I, I guess brings back to the statement like, I'm intentional, right? I'm intentional about what I'm doing. seems like even having a theme to the year is an intentionality. I'm going to try something. I'm going to learn something. I'm going to experiment with something. Um, I'm curious, um, as you were talking about your upbringing and you're like, I, well, okay, let's see if I can tie this together. Because as you were painting the picture, you're like, work, work wasn't, let me see, I wrote something down here. Um, like we work, there was like survival. It was just what you did. Like you, you had to work. It's your life. Right. But then come to now it's like, well, I'm very intentional about this balance. Um, and I, and I, I know part of that is like, you have a job that isn't necessarily all encompassing of all work that you do necessarily. You do work at home, work with family, work on yourself, all these other kinds of kinds of work. But I'm curious, like in that, in that upbringing, in that place of like working together as a family and all that it kind of forged in you and your own work in a household of being a mother, being a parent and the, the, the gifts you're giving to your own kids. I'm just curious, like how you, how you think about 
um, these values in, in the work of like bringing up young little humans, which I don't have the, the privilege of doing right now, but I'm just, yes. I'm just fascinated with that. And like, I can feel the weight of the responsibility that comes with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's really interesting because um, when you talk about being intentional about decisions and, mm -hmm. and, and work, right. I mean, and being in the position you are, you don't have kids yet. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, for me, you, I had everything planned out. I was gonna, you know, uh, when I was working um, with, in, in my previous job, I had everything kind of on cruise control and um, my board was lined up, my events were lined up and I was like, okay, this is great. Now I'm gonna have kids. Because mm. I got it all planned out. <laughs> but I, I, I couldn't have kids. Everything's fine with me. Everything's fine with my husband, but we just couldn't have kids. And so, you know, I think that it was like, oh, I can't control that. That's not in my control. Mm. And so, um, when I came over to University Area CDC and started here, um, worked really hard in kind of you know creating the programs and kind of building it up from the from from the bottom up. I literally worked my way from from the bottom. I I started as a program director actually, mm. um, and just kind of started you know looking at the programs and creating new programs. And um, the CEO that had been here for ten years was retiring, and I had just found out that I was pregnant, and I was like you know, the board asked me, I was the interim CEO and they asked me, are you going to throw your hat in? And that fear of how can I be a CEO, right? I'm, I'm not like, I just turned 30 mm. and throw my hat in for a CEO role and I'm pregnant. Like, I just can't do that. And so I didn't throw my hat in, right? And we, we, we recruited a CEO. Mm. And then fast forward, like three years later, um, that CEO uh, is leaving. And the board's like, are you going to throw your hat in? You know, because you're the interim again, second year, right? And at that point, I was a COO. And guess what? I was pregnant with twins. Not only was I <laughs> pregnant with twins, um, it was a high-risk pregnancy because both of the babies were in one placenta, which is super high-risk. Mm. And so, um, you know, I, that, that's an overwhelming feel, feeling anyway, just to be like, mm -hmm. you have two babies that are in one placenta and it's high-risk and, you know, so I felt that kind of fear and, and, you know, I just gave, I gave it up. I gave, I gave that to God and I prayed on it. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm, I am going to throw my hat in the ring and I am going to have these two babies and they're going to be healthy. And, you know, everything is going to, to work out well because um, I'm giving it away. It's not in my hands and I can't control it all. And I think that's a big lesson is, um, you know, with someone that's an A personality like me, you feel like you kind of have to control everything yeah. and, and it doesn't work that way. Um, and so when you finally get to the point where you understand that and you learn that, and usually you have to learn it through some really hard lessons, then the world opens up and you get to really be intentional about where you spend your time and it works, you know, and people would say, okay, so you have three children under the age of uh, seven and you're a CEO and you, 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 know, you have all these boards and all these, how, like, there's no way that you could have that balance. And it's like, I do, I, I absolutely do because I'm intentional about it. And I put the time where I'm supposed to, and you know, I I, I pray on it a lot. Um, but I just think that it's so important that you have to get to a point where um, that you're not you, you're in control, of course, but you can't control everything. Mm. And there's a point where you have to release that. And when you release that, things open up like um, I don't know if it's new energy fears or <laughs> or what, but it does. It opens up. The right people come in your path. Um, opportunities are given to you where there's no way that they could have ever been they should have ever been given to you 
you know, and for me, I just, I see that as a blessing and um, also being really intentional about it every day, you know, every day, um, knowing where I place my values every day, being reminded of the decisions that I'm making and where they're going to lead me and where they're going to lead the people that are lined up behind me or in front of me. Um, just being really intentional about everything. Uh, and, and sometimes that's hard, you know, because you lose sight of that. Um, but that's usually where you get smacked and brought back mm. to reality. And so I, I'm trying really right now to just stay in that area of intentionality and focus and being very mindful of the work that I'm given and not trying to overextend myself into areas that I have no business being in. Um, I know that I'm here for a specific purpose and a reason and a job, and I need to stay there until I'm called to, to do something else. So, That's so uh, good. If I, if I get to interview, any one of your kids in 20 years because they're clearly going to be top performing in some field um what and i asked them when work took on meaning in your life when your earliest memories of work what what will their answer be mm. oh, i think it, it will probably be my daughter because she's just like me she looks just like my husband but oh she's a handful a handful you know your mom always told me too oh i have her i have her so if i can just figure out a way not to put out that fire but direct it in a positive mm -hmm. way it'll be something i already know she's gonna be something amazing. but um she will tell you uh about when she was when she okay so when she was um five years old mm. i took her on a um, right around here in the in this community i took her on a drug walk um, the entire elementary, more elementary school, we, we went on a walk saying no to drugs and she was five years old. And I had a conversation with her about the importance of community and the importance of standing up for what you believe in being a leader. And um, she still remembers that talk and has mentioned it to me, you know, and I have a picture of us um, that some, some photographer took of us, you know, her with her drug sign and I was there. Um, and you know, that will be a memory that she will have and the importance of giving back to others and the importance of serving your community and being a leader and speaking up for what is right. And so I think that that will be something that she knows because she goes with me to feed the homeless. I mean, something that, you know, I think is so important. And when her brothers get a little bit older, well, they're probably about her age now that they could go. Um, but I want that, that for me, I don't have a farm that I can take them to. Right. Right. I, I, right. I don't have that. Different context. So, yeah, and so I was talking to my mom about that the other day, actually, um, and I, we were talking about, you know, how do, you know, the, the work ethic that I have is because of where I grew up. How do I give that to my children in the setting that I have, um, you know, where, where you know, I, I, I can buy them the things that, you know, I never had, but that's not important. How do I build that in them? And, and my mom was just like, don't you see? It's so easy for you to do that. And I was like, what, what? And she's like, you just take them with you. You take mm -hmm. them with them where you go. You take them with you to, to learn and to meet, uh, you know, other, other individuals. And so I've been doing that with my daughter and I hope to do that with my son so they can understand the importance of it. And we talk about it every night and I, I share with them the stories that I had, you know, they say, hey, mommy, how was your day? Well, we have a thing around the dinner table. Tell me something good about your day and tell me something bad. And I, even they, it's my turn, I tell them something really good. And then I tell them something really bad. You know, I tell them about, you know, the mom that, that, that has a child and is pregnant and, you know, doesn't have a place to live and doesn't have any food and, and mommy had to work with her today. And, you know, that made mommy really sad because I don't think anyone should have to go without, you know, food. And, and think about if you were that little boy, how would you feel? You know, so I mean, sharing my stories are so incredibly important because they need to learn that empathy and most importantly, understand how incredibly fortunate they are. 
and then how they have a responsibility. Too much that is given, much is expected. And I expect a lot out of my children because of the opportunities that they have. And I hope that they continue to pass that on as they grow up. I love you. Um, <laughs> so, okay. Um, and we don't have a lot of time, so I want to uh, get to a couple questions. Well, one, uh, at several points you've mentioned, I pray on it. Faith is super important. You use some, some lines that are clearly references to scripture. Um, just, I want to give you a chance to maybe just speak directly to that. Kind of the, what is it you're referring to? What is, I mean, clearly there's some fundamental place of, of faith in your life. Just yeah, no, I, I absolutely, I'm, I'm, you know, I am just so thankful. And I think that, you know, when, when, when I get on, you know, I have opportunity to have interviews like this and, and, and be in positions where I get exposure. I think it's so important to be able to mention how important God is. I mean, I mean, that for me is the foundation yep. of who I am. And yep. um, I think oftentimes in, in society, um, specifically now that it's like, we can't mention it. And, and I do, every, I mean, I try to weave it into every written article, every public speaking event. I mean, I will mention something because, and you know, when I do that, I always have someone that comes up to me afterwards and says, I am so happy that you said that mm. because that resonated with me and I needed to hear that, you know? And so I just think it's so important that, you know, we as believers, we, we talk about it and, and, and I'm proud about it because you know mm -hmm. what? Um, there's only goodness that comes from it. And for me, it's my, it's, it's the foundation of my strength. It's the foundation of who I am. And it's the reason that I'm able to be, you know, um, the success that I am right now in this community is because, you know, I have favor and that's because I'm, I'm being very intentional about who it, it, it's going to. It's not me. You know, the good Lord is working through me for sure. Um, but it's not me. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at my job, right? But I'm not this good. And that's why I tell my staff all the time, mm. you know, I'm pretty good, but you know, we, you know, when we get like a million dollars in here and we, you know, these kind of things that just fall from the sky, literally, I'm like, they're like, how did you do that? That's what people will say. And I say, it's not me. It's not me. You know, you thank the good Lord because it is not me. Um, you know, he, he's, he's working through me clearly. Uh, and I just, it's so cool to be, you know, to be able to see that every, every single day, there's something that happens like that every single day. Yep. And so, you know, for me, it's just a joy to be able to, to see that, that work, you know, and be able to know that it's so real. And, um, you know, I, I hope through all of this that people do get an awakening and, and, and find a way that they can become spiritually attuned um, because it'll change their life and, and, and in a better way. And um, that's just my hope. And my, I pray that every night that people will come closer to God and, and understand how important it is to have a relationship with him. So um, that's what I do, John. When you say, so I'm, I'm, maybe picking at you a little bit. I might, I think I know the answer to this, but when you say literally falling from the sky, has money literally fell out of the sky? Almost. Just like knocked you in the head. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, but when you get, when you get an email that just says, you know, we're going to give you $75,000. You know what I mean? And there's just no other, you know, and you were praying on it, right? You were mm -hmm. praying on something like that. And then you just got that exact amount. Like that for me is falling from the sky. Yeah. There's no rational rhyme or reason. As yep. why. And people will say that's a coincidence, right? Mm. So that's, I think the difference. Yeah. Do you, do yeah. You, how do you see that? You know, yep. do you, how do you see that? Do you see that as a coincidence or do you see that as a gift? 
Well, yeah. And I know from my own experience, just even in, in my day to day with the bike shop, like we, it's weird. Like Chris, our mechanic and my partner in this, he, he, he has mentioned a few times. I always laugh about it because he's mostly joking, but he's like, I really want to change the name of the store to the Mana bike shop. Oh, wow. Um, because of what happens here all the time. Like, oh, wow. we're out of bikes. Someone walked in. We can't afford this order. Somehow it turned out. And he's like, it's, it's scary how often it happens. And, and it's what's, what's actually scary, to use the word appropriately, is how much we still don't trust it to happen tomorrow. Yeah. It's like, hard. it's a lesson I can't get in my head, you know? Yeah. It's every single day, and yet tomorrow still seems so questionable. Um, well, I know but we don't. John, when you release but... that, John, when you release that, when you really release that, just wait. Mm. Just wait. Mm. You're close, I think. But That's when you good. release that, just wait. It's coming. It's coming for you. Love it. Um, so I know we don't have long. I want to ask, I try to ask everybody I talk to, um, how would you define success? Ooh. I think that, you know, success looks different to everyone, obviously. Um, but success for me is um, really, it, go, it really goes back to your, what, 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 what do you place your values on? You know, success for me will be that I feel like I'm making a positive difference in this world, that I truly feel like I'm making a positive difference. Um, it'll be that I'm a, I'm a good wife, a good mom, um, a good daughter, a good sister, a good friend. You know, and that, you know, my life means something um, and that I get to help people be better every day because of the values and, and the work that I instill. Um, and I'm able to, you know, to share that. That for me is success. And it doesn't have a dollar uh, associated with it. Um, it has a, has a feeling, you know, and I, I think it's really hu human nature as well. You know, human to human, how are you impacting other people around you? And how are you lifting them up um, and, and making sure that you're being humble through it because that's a mm. that's a big one too because it's very easy to let pride get in your way and I pray every morning for humility because you know once you once you lose that um if you if you you know fall into that trap of of, of pride then it's very hard to get back and I think that you lose the blessing too that, that comes along with it so being humble is incredibly important and and just you know feeling like you're making a difference every day for me is, is the definition of success well, from what I can tell, based on your definition, you're, you're doing great at being very successful at what you're aiming at. And I can tell you just personally, in every way that I've gotten to know you better and get to be around you more, um, you have tangibly made me better. Um, I, I seriously look up to you and appreciate your strength and your leadership and your work and your, your work at being a good leader and neighbor and friend and um yeah good job and thank you well thank um, you john i appreciate you and i appreciate you being um on our board i'm mm -hmm. so excited to have you on our board um and i'm just so excited to see your journey because i mean i just i know i just there's just it's so bright and i can just see it and i i tell our cfo rob a lot and i'm just like what's that john dangler up to because his time is coming i just <laughs> I feel it. It's something that not a lot of people I, I feel it so strongly about, but I feel it about you, John. And I'm just so excited to see how your journey progresses and where it's going to take you. Oh, me me too. It's been ahead. quite exciting. Yeah.
Is there, before we kind of jump off, is there anything for those that are listening, um, just in terms of like ways to connect, support, things you want to point people to? Um, yep. Yeah, anyone, anyone that's interested in learning more about the important work that we're doing in the university area community can go to our website. Uh, it's uacdc.org. And you can learn all about how, you know, what the programs I was referencing, our Prodigy Culture Arts programming, our workforce programming, our STEPS programming, our Get Moving programming, um, our neighborhood transformation strategy, which is really, really critically important. This community really hasn't seen change in about 20 years. And so we're working to improve that and not just saying we're doing services, but literally going out into the community and creating positive change, building housing, you know, creating parks. Um, and really providing opportunities for residents, you know, putting, we've, we've found that, you know, there, a lot of residents don't have access to sewer and water, so working on infrastructure, we're putting in sidewalks and, li and uh, lighting. Um, so, you know, there's remarkable change being done um, in your community, you know, just steps away from USF, um, steps away from Tampa Palms and Avala, you know, there's opportunities where you don't have to come out of your community to really help your community. And I think mm -hmm. that once more people know what's happening here, um, more people will want to be a part of it. And that's mm -hmm. how change will grow and opportunities will be given to so many more people is once we get more people involved. And we're seeing it now that people are learning about who we are, people want to get involved. And, and that's how change is starting to happen at, you know, at, at a faster pace. So just exciting to kind of spread the message and, and spread um, the information to see how people want to get engaged and involved. And then you can use the contact button to contact us and uh, we'll find out, you know, whatever interests you have and carry you up and um we'll ask you to hold on tight it's going to be a ride that's awesome and i'm assuming there's a place to give financially on that website as well absolutely mm -hmm. of course absolutely um you know 90 90 cents of every dollar that we raise and um, goes directly into the community so we have a 10 percent admin rate which is you know one of the best that's and awesome. it shows directly that you know that funding is going directly into the community you know to provide services and to provide um, community development. So, you know, we run this organization like a well-oiled business and um, it's important how we steward our dollars. So, you know, we have our financial reports on there as well. And uh, of course, you know, we, we would love to be able to engage with you and take your money. But most importantly, we want your time because once mm -hmm. you, you dedicate your time, um, you get connected to what we're doing. And that for me is so much more beneficial than, than money because um, the way that you connect with the community and can start to see change, you work directly with the mother or, you know, a, a, a gentleman or a kid or a youth. I mean, you will forever leave a, a fingerprint, you know, on them and help them guide and be directed into the path that they're going to be. So for me, just the engagement piece is so incredibly important. And what you'll get out of it is even more important, I think. That's beautiful. Well, we've reached our time. Thank you so much for taking some time to do this. I know you got a big day ahead of you. I'll let you get to it. Uh, really appreciate you. Thank you, John. I really appreciate the opportunity and had a great morning chat. I can't believe it's already been an hour. Jeez. It that time flies. That's, yep. Seriously, yep. Flies. That's crazy. So I'll ask you my other 55 questions uh, when we hang out sometime soon. <laughs> <laughs> How's everything else going though? Everything else is going good? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, things are great. And, you know, so we like, okay, quickly, like uh, for us, the, the bike shop has been very busy. Um, the whole world wants bikes. Uh -huh. uh, there's an article I just saw a headline from the Guardian. The bikes are the new toilet paper. I've got a kick out of because I was oh, joking wow. all week that our racks look like the toilet paper aisle. Like we, we couldn't keep up. And part of it, part of it is the demand, both okay. from so pe whether it's people on the street, 
people that use buses are like, I don't want to get on that bus right now. That's a terrible idea. Or middle-class people that are shut in their houses going, I need a way to exercise that I can do alone. Like I got to have some way to go outside. Like, and so the whole world wants to get on bikes. The roads are empty. It's the safest time to ride. The weather's great. Um, And so, but we also have not allowed any volunteers. Yeah. So we have the store, we're still open. We have the store roped off. No one can come in. Um, but we're meeting people at the front, sterilizing every bike that comes in, all gloved up, masked up and everything, but doing repairs uh, quite a bit. Actually, everyone's digging out their old bikes, going here, yeah. get it rideable. Um, they've been super busy and we're on a super like small team right now because it's just the few of us trying to hold it down. Um, so it's been, it's been a lot to keep up with and, and, and we would, I mean, with a bigger bandwidth, we would do better, but it's been, it's been really exciting. And then our food distributions, we, we didn't miss a beat. We've still been doing all of those. We do 10 grocery distributions every month and those are still happening. Um, it has been different in terms of one, they're all of it's way less relational you know, just given the circumstance, like, here's a bag, have a good day, you know, rather than go shop. And we've adapted everything, um, which, um, which is good, you know, for now. Um, I'm not crazy about the idea that this just goes on. You know what I mean? Like, I'm really struggling with that because of the conflict of some of the values, like we aim at the relational, but we're just doing as best we can with it right now. And I mean, I honestly, like I said earlier, I, I, I think temperamentally I'm built for stuff like this. Like I, this is my favorite, like in a way, like it's so engaging. Like when the sand is shifting, I'm like, I just come alive. Like I'm like, Oh, I want to live in a world that's always moving and shifting and chaotic. Something's wrong with me in that way. But I, I, I get get it. Like I like it. Yeah. I totally get it. And I mean, literally people are built, built for this kind of stuff. Thank goodness for them too. What have you, did you apply for that PPP? So, um, I, I did, um, and I did not. So I, we bank with grow financial who I hate right now, but everyone's upset with their banks and none of the banks are positioned for this. And it's, you know, I get it. Um, but they, they, they weren't even like, they weren't set up. They weren't open to do this at all until they released like a portal to submit applications about 10 hours before all the money was gone. And I'm not sure anyone got it. They were like, Oh, a couple people through our bank got it. But like they, so basically now they're taking those applications in and just praying for another round basically. So I have everything submitted. And if there's a green light on another round, then they're, Cause right now they're in like cleanup mode. They literally called me on Saturday. We're like, Hey, I want to let you know, we're sorry how things went down. Like they called probably every business account they have. Cause I, yeah. I guarantee there's not a business in the world that isn't going bank of Tampa is looking quite good right now. You know, uh, who from yeah. what I hear did a killer job with a lot of their folks just anecdotally, you know, I don't yeah. know, but so yeah, we actually haven't seen, uh, so we did that. We did the idol. Um, none, nothing has really played out. Um, anything we've kind of requested. Um, but the good news is business has been good. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's helpful. Um, still like tomorrow's super uncertain in terms of like, it's, it's at some, even now it's already, that's like tapering a little like the, yeah. the, the volume of, of work. 
Um, and who knows? I don't know what tomorrow holds, but we're doing our best to just cut any costs we can, be super yeah. cool what we have, pursue any opportunities we can. But no, none of that worked out yet. And um, yeah, that's so it's what about like the, um, like um, any other any of those grants that have been out? Have you applied for any of those? Like the Tampa Resiliency Fund, the um, any of those kind of funding? So I haven't even heard of Tampa Resiliency. Hey, I'll I'm look it up. I'm you a list of ones that we've been applying for, um, that we're aware of, Please. and send it to you. Um, and they're super short. Like they're not. Most because, of them are, yeah. Yeah, because it's you know given the time or whatnot. Um, Most well, I uh so the the other grant thing that um so the Community Foundation of Tampa Bay put out like yep. an emergency response kind of thing. Um, I submitted an application. Uh, we haven't heard anything, um, but a but an but an insider uh, sent me a little hint hint of what's going on. So they basically here's your ask. They put it out to their donor advised funds, and it, it you know people can go. I'll throw a thousand in, or I'll throw this yeah. in. So if it gets funded, you might see that. And so um, there is a that's like a partially funded ask that at least somebody has stepped up to get behind. So we'll, we'll just see how that plays out. But that, that's one that is submitted and let's say pending. Um, some of the other grants that were just like normal grant cycles have been canceled and yeah, you know, there's things that are shifting substantially. Yeah. yeah. Which is totally, totally reasonable and understandable. So uh, yeah, anything you could send me. I mean, I, it's been interesting cause I'm like, every minute I can put into that I have been and at the same time I've had to like increase on the workload on just being in the shop and doing some yeah. of those things running around picking up food and bikes and whatever um it's been a lot to keep up with but that is a priority you know as being yeah. sustainable in that way and so yeah if you got any tips on that please do send them my way yeah I'll yeah definitely I'll, and you might have already be aware of them but I mean doesn't send it anyway please yeah so we, we, we press on, but I think, uh, yeah, re Tampa resiliency, resiliency is the word. I mean, that's, um, we have always been small and scrappy and we're, you know, it's interesting. So here's like the poor people that I know and work with, and you may encounter this with people you're running into, like with the homeless and this and that, but like, there's a way in which this has really affected people that are economically better off a lot more. So yeah. they're not used to a fear of death around the corner, but yeah. people on the streets are, they're not used to, they, they have a lot to lose, losing their jobs mm -hmm. and their, their and investments. But like, if I was poor and I didn't have anything, I didn't lose anything. And, yeah. and I'm always about to die and uncertainty is the condition yeah. I always live in. And so it's just Tuesday, like, yeah. you know, and, and so you're like, well, you're not, are you taking this seriously? Where's your mask or whatever? But there's a way in which is like, Welcome to our world. And, 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 and that as an individual, at an individual level, I feel we've learned a lot from those folks over the years. And I think organizationally, we've been small and poor and scrappy and like taped things together. And, um, and, and in that sense, like, you know, we're okay because we're used to being poor in that way. And um, yeah. so, 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 so far, so good with that. No, I think I, but I think you're spot on when you, you talk about who this is affecting, and and I think that's intentional. It's affecting the people that that just it 
to people that need to reorganize their priorities. You know, you referenced scripture a few times, and there's this interesting idea that every mountain will be brought low and every valley will be raised up. And there seems to be a global leveling happening. And even if it isn't the final leveling, it is an indication of things to come. And it yeah. is super hopeful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's what I see as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I feel so hopeful in all of this because I, I, I mean, I, terrible. I don't want to say like, I'm glad this is happening, but um, what, what it's causing people to go through and the change that people are seeing, I think is, is so needed. And I just hope that that continues and that we don't just get back to normal. It's like, oh, there is more to this life. And I'm going to look at that person on the street differently. And, you know. Well, the, the pause, the forced upon us pause yeah. has brought us to a place where there's a real decision to be made. So it made what was habitual conscious and what you did every day that you didn't, you mindlessly did, whether it was cultural, habitual, whatever, all of a sudden you've been, it's been halted and it's, you know, just like if you fast and you realize you walk to the refrigerator all the time, like you see the behavior now. And so whether or not we had a decision um, that we knew about, you know, we can argue about, but right now it's, it's crystal clear. Like yeah. we get to decide individually, communal, communally, societally, we're at a crossroads here, yeah. you know? And I do get scared hearing like when things get back to normal, when things get back to normal. Cause I'm like, normal wasn't that tight. No. <laughs> normal. Right. I don't, I don't want to go back. I, you know, I, through this, I'm seeing people change. I mean, mm -hmm. better. So, I mean, I'm hoping that we don't go back to normal, that we, you know, it's a rebirth, you know, it's, it's something new that's, that's shaped and formed through this and that people will, you know, just, Take it a little bit, you know, life a little bit differently. We can all hope and dream. Well, and do what you can to leverage your leadership and That's influence right, right now because you've got it. So we'll push for it. That's right. Well, thanks, John. I appreciate your time. And I'll send you over that information. And like I said, don't hesitate to reach out if there's anything that you think we can do or anything you need. Just let us know. We're here for you. That's for sure. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. All right. You too. Talk okay. to you soon. Hey, real quick before you go, um, I just first of all want to thank you for listening to this show at all. Thank you for tuning in. Um, hopefully, it's been of value to you, and the fact that you've listened to the end of this episode is extremely encouraging, so thank you. If you would uh, do me a favor and help support the show by, first of all, subscribing to the show wherever you listen to podcasts, if you would share maybe an episode that was of particular meaning to you with a friend or two, or maybe on your social media platform. If you would maybe leave uh, some feedback in the form of a review, I would be super grateful for that. Um, just so you know, there are on, uh, on YouTube, if you look up the work ethic, I think actually the channel is Johnny Produce 59. Um, if you look that up, you can actually see some of the videos of some of the Zoom calls that some of the most recent podcasts were done on. I try to make those available there if you're interested in maybe seeing as well. Um, 
And anyway, yeah, just thank you so much. Oh, one last thing at the workethicpodcast.com, which is basically just a link tree. There's a link there. I believe it's at the top where it says join the conversation and you can click that button and simply leave a voice recording from your phone. Um, I don't know what the time cutoff on that is, so let's find out. But if you want to be on the show, if you want to maybe answer the question, what is success? If you want to talk to a specific topic that has come up or a theme that has emerged in the different shows, if you want to offer input into this project that is maybe a a journey of developing a a theory or a philosophy of work and its role and meaning in our lives, I want to invite you to do that. Um, Also, if you have any particular people that you think would be an amazing guest to interview or someone to talk to from really any vocation or any field, uh, don't hesitate to, you can leave it there as a voice message or you can message us at, well, at any, at the work ethic, at any social media platform, just find us on there and shoot us a quick message. And we would be super grateful for all of that engagement. Um, really appreciate you listening and, uh, really appreciate you supporting the show. Thank you.